0: section 21 of unaddressed letters by anonymous edited by frank Athelstane swettenham this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by nemo of coincidences in spite of the testimony of many worthy and some unworthy people i have not yet been able to accept spiritual manifestations and the reappearance of the dead as even remotely probable. I think most of the current ghost stories are capable of a simple explanation, if one could only get an unvarnished statement of real facts from the witnesses. Usually, however, those on whose authority these stories rest are constitutionally of such a nervous organization that they are physically incapable of describing with exact accuracy what they saw or heard when as not infrequently happens those who have seen visions admit to having felt the extremity of fear which bathes them in a cold perspiration or makes their hair rise up straight on their heads this last is not i think alleged by women then there is all the more reason to doubt their testimony undoubtedly curious things happen which do not admit of easy explanation but they are not necessarily supernatural or connected in any way with the return of the dead to the sight of the living dreams again are sometimes very curious and it might be difficult to offer a reasonable explanation of some dream experiences especially those which lead to the backing of winning horses or the purchase of prize tickets in a lottery a really reliable dreamer of this kind would be a valuable investment but unfortunately there is a want of certainty but even those who have once in a lifetime brought off a successful coup still it has happened i myself have heard a dreamer who was also a dream talker place accurately the first three horses in a coming race but i had not sufficient confidence in the tip to take advantage of it in that case too the winner was a very pronounced favorite many people say they have dreamt of strange places and afterwards seen those places in reality, and even been able to find their way about to them. It may be so. For myself I cannot say I have ever had such an experience, but I believe, I say it doubtfully, because one may be deceived about journeys in dreamland, that I have often seen the same places in different dreams, dreamed after intervals of years, so that while dreaming I have at once recognized the place as a familiar scene in my dreamland, but those places I have never beheld on earth. In my early youth, scared by tales of the bottomless pit and the lake of brimstone, I used to dream, almost nightly, of those places of torment. But it is a long time ago, and I have quite forgotten what they were like. I have no ambition to renew my acquaintance or to be given the opportunity of comparing the reality with the nightmare of my childish imagination and a cramped position. Apart from these more or less vain considerations, I have known some very curious coincidences, and I will tell you the story of one of them. I was journeying in a strange, a distant, and an almost unknown land. More than this, I was the guest of the only white man in a remote district of that country it was a particularly lovely spot and being an idler for the moment i asked my host after a few days what there was of interest that i could go and see he said he would send a servant with me to show me a cemetery where were buried a number of englishmen who some few years before had been killed or died in the neighbourhood during the progress of one of england's successful little military expeditions That afternoon I was led to the cemetery in question. I have seldom seen a more glorious succession of pictures than were presented by the view from that lovely spot, and never in any country have I beheld a more ideal resting place for the honored dead. It did not surprise me that my host told me he had already selected his own corner and repeatedly made it the objective of his afternoon walks. Within a fenced enclosure, partly surrounded by graceful evergreen trees lay the small plot of carefully kept grass which formed the burial ground it occupied the summit of a rising ground commanding a magnificent view of the surrounding country from the gate the ground sloped steeply down to a road and then dropped sheer forty or fifty feet to the waters of a great wide crystal-clear river flowing over a bed of golden sand under this steep and lofty bank the base all rock the river swirled deep and green but it rapidly shallowed towards the centre and the opposite shore seven hundred feet distant was a wide expanse of sand half circled by great groves of palms and backed by steep forest-clad hills the river made a wide sweep here so that looking down at it from such a height gave it rather the appearance of a huge lake narrowing into the distant hills picturesque villages lined both banks of the river the houses showing splashes of color between the trees boats of quaint build sailing poling paddling rowing passed up and down the broad stream giving life to the scene while at distances varying from three miles to thirty or more the valley was shut in by lofty mountains green near by with their garment of unbroken forest but in the distance blue as an italian sky i drank this in felt it all as a feeling this and much more with which i will not weary you and then i turned to look at the grass-covered mounds and wooden crosses that marked the graves of the exiled dead i was standing in front of a somewhat more pretentious headstone which marked the resting-place of an officer killed a few miles from the spot, when through the wicket came a messenger bearing a letter for me. The cover bore many postmarks, signs of a long chase, and here at last it had caught me in my wanderings. I did not recognize the handwriting, but when I had opened the letter and looked at the signature, I realized that it was that of an old lady who was but an acquaintance, and one of whom I had not heard for years. I read the letter and i may confess to some little astonishment it told me that hearing that i was leaving england for a long journey and that i should eventually arrive at somewhere in the east the writer wished to tell me that her daughter whom i hardly remembered had married a certain soldier that he had been killed some time before and was buried in some place which she tried indifferently to name where there were no europeans if i should ever be in the neighbourhood would i try to find his grave and tell them something about it for they were in great grief and no one could relieve their anxiety on the subject of their loved one's last home it seemed to me a somewhat remarkable coincidence that i should at that moment be standing in front of the stone which told me that underneath that emerald turf lay all that was left of the poor lady's son-in-law the grief-stricken daughter's husband The situation appealed to my artistic instincts. I sat down there and then, and with a pencil and a bit of paper, I made a rough sketch of the soldier's grave, carefully drawing the headstone, and inscribing on it, in very plain and very black print, the legend that I saw in front of me. Then I went home, and while the situation was hot upon me, I wrote, not to the mother, but to the widow, a little account of what had occurred using the most appropriate and touching language I could think of, to describe the scene and my deep sympathy. Finally, I enclosed the little picture which I had drawn, with such a compelling sense of my responsibilities, and the unique character of the opportunity, to show that I was a man of rather uncommon feeling. Much pleased with the result of my efforts, I entrusted the letter to my friend. There is no such thing as a post-office and we became almost sentimental over the chastened tears with which my letter would be read by the two poor ladies. The mother's letter to me had wandered about for two or three months before it came to my hands, but I learned, ages afterwards, that my letter to the daughter was a far longer time in transit, not the fault of my friend, but simply of the general unhingedness of things in those wild places. The letter did at last arrive, and was handed to the widow on the day she was married to a new husband. That is why I believe in the quaintness of coincidences. End of section 21